You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Where do the Cowboys stand heading into week three of the preseason? What used to be the dress rehearsal, Tom, now a far cry from it, as it is time to get riled up on the boys. My man, Tom Ryle, and your boy, Roy White, at Tom Ryle BTB. On Twitter, you can follow me at RW3. And of course, you can follow all the great content at bloggingtheboys.com and at bloggingtheboys on Twitter. Make sure you check out that YouTube page as well, because Tom, the Cowboys have been practicing under the lights the last two nights and in front of a pretty big crowd here in Dallas. Fortunately, we've gotten to see some things that maybe have given us some answers as we head forward. But unfortunately, we've seen some other things that are concerning. Um, Before we get to that, though, we actually put a shout out on Twitter. And for those that follow, this is your opportunity to make a name for yourself. Maybe if you want to throw us a question, we would like to answer it. Tom did a fantastic, fantastic job of pulling together the questions that were asked of us. So before we take a look at where the Cowboys stand from a practice standpoint, Tom, should we integrate some of those questions? How do you see this going? Yeah, uh, we've got uh, we did get a couple of questions uh, that came in and I was trying to pull up the yeah, here we are. Uh, you want me to just give them to you? We'll jump in and give them a quick I think answer we, here. We do our best to answer these questions and obviously if they lead us into something that you know needs to be addressed relative to yesterday's practice, all the better, right? That leads us right into where we want to go. Oh, right off the bat, I want to apologize to our first guy up because I'm probably going to butcher his name, but it's Ajit Nara Narasimhan uh, at AJ Narasimhan on Twitter. He asked, is the conscious effort to run the ball in the preseason more about developing Tyler Smith and other OL rookies and not trusting QB 2, 3, and 4, or is this a shift to a more run-heavy play action for the regular season? a very concerted effort to run, and I'm hoping it carries over. Uh, my thoughts on that is that this is just reflective of the stance the Cowboys have been putting uh, forth for quite some time, that they are going to be a running team. Um, I hope that is not carried to an extreme because it's a passing lead. You've got to have a successful passing attack. And with Dak Prescott and what we've seen from some of the weapons he's got, despite our concerns about the wide receivers, they can pass the ball very well. But I do think they're looking at a healthy Ezekiel Elliott, uh, at using Tony Pollard more creatively. I think we're going to see them try to use the the run to establish something of an identity and then hopefully use that to get teams to have to focus on that more, which in turn can open up the passing game. But 
yeah, I think this is more about the team having a philosophy than having to do it that way in the preseason games just because the quarterbacks weren't doing so well. In general, you should never read too much into game plan from a preseason standpoint because the plays that they're calling may very well just be a function of, you know, wanting to get a look at the guys in those positions, right? Making those types of plays and whether or not you can ask them throughout the season to make those plays consistently. Um, You know, I don't necessarily see the Cowboys leaning on the run substantially this season. Um, I feel like we'll get, you know, a fair amount of kind of what we've gotten now. Will they run the ball a little bit more creatively? Well, I think based on what we've seen over the last two practices and the, um, inclusion of one particular player who seems to be very dynamic and who I would argue, Tom, probably needs to take a seat on Friday night. We'll get into that a little bit, but the Cowboys are, you know, you can expect them to run the ball, I think, about the same as they did. I I don't think this is necessarily an indication that they're transitioning to a more run-heavy scheme. After all, the quarterback is still the highest paid player on the team, and we know that they're putting a lot on his shoulders this season. And and I do want to say that what I hope they really do is run more effectively than they did after Zeke got hurt last year. So hopefully health will follow through on that. Well, Uh, one other, one question I got from uh, at C Pruenza. He says, I think OT depth is very concerning. What's your thoughts on signing someone like Eric Fisher for depth? Um, Now, you know, individually, right? I mean, we could go down names of guys that are free agents and available. And my answer to that question, especially in light of what we just saw, Tom, is a resounding yes. I absolutely believe the Cowboys need to go up and shore their offensive line, either by looking to pick guys off when they're, you know, dumped here in a few days, or potentially looking at trade options. The conversation about Isaiah Wynn up in New England potentially being available is, I think, one the Cowboys need to seriously consider, not just from the questions that they have at swing tackle, but quite frankly, now the questions that they have at left tackle. And I, I would say that I'm for them looking at every possible avenue. They need to get something in that they're, uh, that they've got, that they can have more faith in, I believe. Josh Ball, uh, worries me. Uh, we may actually see uh, Aviante Collins. Uh, I don't know if I'm pronouncing his first name right. He actually may wind up being part of the solution. And they just need to go out and look at something else. They need to bring somebody in. Uh, there's people going to be getting released. Uh, as you said, a trade option could get them to call their shot. They, they just need to do something. Uh, I've got one other uh, that I think will be a real quick answer. It's from Well Below Average Podcast. Uh, some I other know. guys out there trying to get their voice out, and they asked, "Has that's Ferguson... actually my podcast?" Uh huh. <laughs> what? That's actually my buddy's podcast that we do on okay. Sundays. Well, thank him for ha- th- throwing us a bone here. He <laughs> asked, "Has Ferguson showed enough in the preseason to be TE two, and could he be the guy at TE moving forward?" Uh, yeah, I think there's a real quick answer to that, which is, I think so. Yes. Well, now you think he's shown enough to be that guy or you think he just could be the guy? Because I think there's two different answers to those questions. Has he shown enough? I think he, 
I think in the first two preseason games, he caught, I think, everything that was thrown at him, ran over some people on one of them. And who's going to be ahead of him as tight end two? Now, moving forward, that we'll see this season. But I think right now you can look at him as probably your tight end two uh, going in. Uh, you know, they may roll with Sean McEwen just because of experience. But I think Ferguson will be in that TE2 job pretty quick. Mm-hmm. Well, I agree. I think he is the T. I, I think he's the tight end too. I guess I uh, misheard that question a little bit. Uh, unquestionably, yeah. somewhat the tight end too. Can he ascend to that number one spot within a year's time to replace Dalton Schultz? That I'm a little bit more skeptical of. Um, and especially yeah. in light of the fact that Dalton Schultz has looked very capable as a blocker, according to folks that have been uh, taking a good look at the Cowboys practice. So thank you for those. Mean, who- meanwhile, yeah, I was going to say, meanwhile, Schultz is catching just everything that's thrown his way, it seems like. Yeah, so he, he it'll be interesting to see the decision the Cowboys make with Schultz on the tag right now. Mm-hmm. Well, and again, I mean, I still say you could maybe run the Schultz thing out another year on the franchise tag and be okay. But if you're a fantasy person, Dalton Schultz, you can treat him like wide receiver number two in this offense because those are the types of numbers that he will likely put up this season. Um, I don't think a thousand yards receiving is stretching it if he's healthy for all 17 games. One other question I got uh, before we go into kind of our reactions and, and thoughts after the practice that we just took a look at last night. Uh, This comes from at begin underscore Daniel. He says your overall take on Dante Fowler so far. Thanks. Oh, I think Fowler has been quite good and is part of the logjam they've got on the defensive line. I don't know who they're going to wind up having to release. Uh, A lot of people are saying, oh, they need to carry 10, they need to carry 11. I don't think they can manage that. I think nine is kind of the most they can carry, and they may just go with eight. So there's a lot of good names that you wonder about. That's where the other side of the trade picture may come in. They may want to start checking if somebody wants to toss them, even a late round pick to get for some of these guys that they know they're going to have to to cut loose because they've got their own ranking. They know who stacks where. They know who will make it if, uh, you know, everybody stays like they are now. And, uh, yeah, I just it's it's good, a good problem to have, but uh, I think Fowler has proven he's certainly in the mix somewhere. Whether he's going to be a keeper or someone that winds up maybe getting a shot somewhere else remains to be seen. Yeah, and I kind of tend to agree with you on that numbers game. Um, nine is the number for me because you kind of got to consider Micah Parsons, and to a lesser extent, like Anthony Barr is. Those pass rushing types as well. Like that's how you're likely going to use them a lot this season. Um, with that being said, yeah, I like the way that Dante Fowler's played, and I think he's played himself to stay here. But at the same time, with all the depth that they have, yeah, nine guys is gonna it, it there's gonna be some names that we go, man, that guy's good enough, right? He was good enough for this team a year ago. And he's no longer on this football team going forward. I mean, I I think kind of the the guys that I look at potentially Terrell Basham, Tristan Hill, like Carlos Watkins, mm-hmm. Chauncey Goldston, like those are all names yeah. that I consider to be NFL 
roster caliber players, and yet probably only two of those five are sticking around. Yeah, I think, and I think Golston is probably for me the most likely to stick because he gives you guy that can play DTNDE, and they love that. Uh, Dan Quinn got real creative in the practice. They had one time they went out, they had Neville Gallimore down in a pass rushing stance, and four other defensive linemen standing up. <laughs> that's a, I love that kind of stuff. And I hope uh, maybe Quinn will roll something like that out sometime to throw at another team. Me too. Well, that's the kind of, you know, that type of thing is the type of optimism I think you can have about a second year defensive coordinator. Now that his team has started to understand what he likes to do and the schemes he likes to call, he can start to get creative and implement those wrinkles that quite honestly, like it's difficult to do when you're still getting guys just to pick up on the system in and of itself. Right. And they had success in that system a year ago. A lot of guys coming back that know that system very well. It's exciting. And there's reason to think that, Hey, maybe this defense is going to be enough to kind of carry this thing in spots where quite frankly, we all, I think are preparing ourselves for the offense to slump at some point during this season. So it'll be a question of whether the defense can hold up looking at practice last night, we had a lot of things take place. And I think the number one concern of them all, we already mentioned Tyron Smith goes off the field Somewhat of a non-contact injury, Tom, if you watch the video, and I retweeted mm-hmm. it at RW3 from a individual that was out watching the practice. Shout out to them for getting the clip. You know, he was just running a guy back, and, you know, a player ran by the screen as he seemed to, to hit. So you weren't really sure if it was a knee or an ankle. But as he went down and fell, he was kind of holding his knee. Um, the good news afterwards from it, the reporters that were there and saw it said he was not walking with a discernible limp. And his teammate, Connor McGovern, said that he gave a reassuring Tyron Smith grunt afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. And there was later reporting that they are doing an MRI on the knee, but that they're hoping that confirms that it's not a real problem. It is possible there'll be an update before this goes live for the listeners, but. Uh, that's obviously something that we need to be concerned about uh, because we know that Tyron Smith has had injury issues for years now. And they got a real problem. He's not able to go early in the season. What do you, what do, you well, do? Do they? I mean, yeah. the left tackle is right there available since he's obviously not going to be playing guard. As the other news from before Tyler Smith, Tyron Smith going down was Mike McCarthy saying that if it were starting the season today, Connor McGovern would be the starter at left guard. Does it sound like an endorsement for Tyler Smith being the starting left tackle? He's not ready to start at the position. No, I agree. I agree. All I'm saying there is, you know, he said that before Tyron Smith went down. The you know the tongue in cheek joke is that hey at least now you have the left tackle sitting there because that's what he paid, played in college. I'm not saying it's a great solution. Yeah. I'm just saying if they don't think he's good enough to be the guard, then damn it, put him at tackle. If we are going to be down Tyron Smith to start the season because they don't have a better option, Tom. They don't have a better option. Uh oh. And I think I might have lost you. 
as I'm looking to get my buddy Tom back here on the pod and hopefully I'll get him back here shortly. Um, talking a little bit about that offensive line, obviously Tyron Smith, that's a huge question mark going forward. Now we're keeping our fingers crossed that two and a half weeks is enough time to get him back in the saddle. Uh, but Tom, I mean, quite frankly, if we don't think they're going to go out and s sign somebody else, like Tyler Smith has got to be the guy that plays that role if Tyron Smith can't go. Do you agree? Yeah. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. I think they would have to. We'd be looking at, at, at Tyler, McGovern, Biotish, I'm assuming, is still there, Zach Martin and Terrence Steele, which still gives them a depth problem. You know, who's going to, you know, you still have to have a swing tackle because you've got to back up the position. And right now it looks like it's down to Josh Ball or Collins. And I, I just, I, I feel real uneasy about that. I still think they're going to have to bring in somebody. I think that they're going to, that Steven's hand is going to be forced. He's going to have to get someone. I, I don't, I just don't know what else to do, uh, frankly. Well, you briefly mentioned his name and I just want to remind folks of it. Cause right now this is the solution. Aviante Collins, number 76 is actually the guy who right now maybe has the inside track at being the potential swing tackle, even if Tyron Smith is ready to go. Um, he's a guy who our buddy Patrick Walker had kind of highlighted as a guy who just hasn't really gotten enough snaps, and they expect to see a lot of him on Friday night. Uh, another player that we haven't seen anything of, really, except for these two practices, but he is back out there after suffering a shoulder injury earlier in the preseason, is Matt Woletsko, the fifth rounder. Mm -hmm. So, again, these aren't solutions. And if the Cowboys yeah. are fooling themselves to think that they are, then we all know where we stand on that. But at the same time, these are at least players that they've got in those positions to get a look at and see if they can potentially develop into a solution as the season moves forward. That being said, mm -hmm. still got to be scouring the waiver wire when the cuts come down. I, I, I fully fully endorse that idea that they need to find somebody else. And I think there's a good chance. Uh, actually, I'm predicting they're going to go with, with four offensive tackles on the 53-man uh, roster just because the depth is so shaky 
that they're going to have to go with quantity because they don't have the quality. And we'll find that out in less than a week uh, who they start out with. But that won't tell us the final story because, as we know, the 53-man roster that is immediately announced can see five or six changes easy. Uh, They play games. Like, don't be surprised if uh, Jake McQuaid is not on the final 53-man roster because they know they can sign him back later while they're doing some manipulations. Like, will James Washington go on IR and free up a spot, which is kind of seems to be where they're going. What are they going to do with Michael Gallup? Uh, They could still decide to IRPP him if they don't think he's going to be back, although the team seems to be leaning very heavily to think they might want to have him available during that first four weeks because they think his uh, recovery is coming along quicker than they thought. And that's great news that Michael Gallup avoiding the pup. I mean, hey, you know, maybe he's not back until week three or four, but that's better than week five. And that was going to be the guarantee if he was put on the pup to start the season. So that's more good news for the Cowboys offense. And I did want to talk about the offensive player that I think they actually need to sit on Friday night. Um, I don't think we need to see anything else from this guy. And this is a guy who wasn't even on the team to start training camp, Tom. And that's Cavante Turpin. Turpin, rather. Um, He is on the team. He's got a number. He's number two. He's the starting kick returner. He's the starting punt returner. And quite honestly, he's apparently the gadget guy from an offensive standpoint. He's the guy that's going to do their their jet sweeps. He's the guy that's going to play their lucky whitehead role, a role that a lot of people thought, hey, you know, maybe that's Tony Pollard's – that's the way to get Tony Pollard involved in the offense. But, man, from all the reports at practice, uh, Turpin appears to be the real deal, Tom. And for that reason – like there is no reason to play him on Friday. Absolutely I, none. I, I don't think they will. I, I think you basically called it. Uh, and, and add in the fact that from what we've seen in the past couple of practices, he may actually be your wide receiver four. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, the guy that comes in when they want to sell somebody else. I mean, he's he's just showing so much with his speed and his elusiveness and his vision. Uh, and they seem to be finding ways to work him into the into the plan. So yeah, I I would definitely sit him. I don't know who you know. They, the problem they may have is finding 45, 50 guys to field yeah. because they really want to sit a lot. But uh, you know, we'll have to see how that works. We we do know they're going to be looking hard at Will Greer and Cooper Rush. I mean, uh, looking hard is. Uh... I think that's a nice way of saying it. It's done, right? It's Will Greer's job. There's nothing that Cooper Rush can do in this preseason's final game to change that. Are you? Do you disagree with that? Because that's my opinion. I can't say I disagree with it. I think it's certainly most likely that he's pretty much going to wind up with the, the QB2 and probably, I think, will be the only backup because – They've got some of those other positions they need to go deep at. So I think they're going to tell, carry two quarterbacks on the roster. I've seen it suggested that they go three quarterbacks as well. And I just don't see that because I think, I think you could sneak Cooper onto the practice squad again. If you really had, it's not, 
I don't think it's going to be sneaking. I think he, nobody's nobody's going to be looking at him. <laughs> yeah, you're <right. laughs> you know, just like yeah. Oh, we're and now hold on, Tom. He did have the only fourth quarter comeback victory for the Cowboys in 2021. <laughs> the only one. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I don't think that's going to create a whole lot of buzz around the league <laughs> myself. Uh, yeah, I, I think one of the things that people do is they worry about so and so. And running back is a place where this this comes into play. A lot of people are saying, "Oh, Malik Davis, you know, if, if they they don't protect him and get him signed, he's going to get snapped." No, there's tons of running back talent out there. And if they don't sign him, there'll be a chance to put him on the practice squad where I fully expect, uh, I think he will wind up. uh, I would kind of like him to see four running backs because if you're going to focus on the running game, you need to have some depth for something to happen. Uh, And that needs to be some players that can come in. I, I still am not a fan of the idea of, if Ezekiel can't go, you just make Tony Pollard the start. No, I want Tony Pollard to stay exactly in the role he's had. Just use him more. I, now, I do think there's some opportunity where they could come out with some formations where they have Tony Pollard and Cavante Turpin on the field and really shake up what the defense is trying to cover there. But, uh, yeah, I think they might need to have a little more depth, but I've, I think that might be one place where I've got a roster projection that's going to be discussed this uh, uh, weekend on a podcast we're going to put together. And I think that's probably one that I am being a little foolish about, but I'm still going to stand on it. I think they should carry both Dowdle and – Davis, uh, just going in and use, you know, use them as special teams guys as well. You know, use that as a justification for it because you, you've got to have the special team tosses. And by the way, as you mentioned it, make sure that you guys are tuning in and following at Blogging the Boys on Twitter on Friday. We've got the pregame moments, uh, Twitter moments thing going on. Uh, where is Spaces. Spaces, there you go, where it is the round table going on, hosted by our friends Jess Navarez. Navarez. I nailed it. I nailed it. And I didn't even have to look this time, Tom. Um, No, Jess has been great. And I apologize to her for butchering her name so badly. I don't know why I'm having trouble even seeing it in my face, but I had to say it in the mirror three times before this podcast because for some reason it is tripping me up. So, Jess does a fantastic job, uh, and you can get your voice heard in that as well, right? You want to be a part of yeah. a podcast? You want to be a part of a show? Yeah. Get involved. As a matter of fact, Jess is sometimes looking for people to step up and speak. Uh, we we do the uh, spaces uh, right now, the preseason schedules. We do one about 45 minutes before the game, hop in at halftime and do one for about 10, 11 minutes, and then go with one after the game so people can kind of – hear the thoughts about what we just saw and everything. So uh, I'm hoping that's going to become a full-time thing for the regular season because they're a lot of fun. I've been on a few of them. And uh, as I said, everyone can join in. And Jess is always saying, hey, anybody want to come up and talk? And we get some some good comments. Uh, every now and then we get somebody we just have to yank off of there because yeah. they're, 
they're coming out with some uh, bad stuff, but you know we uh, we do try to have a lot of fun. And like I said, it's it's a good place to come hang around with a hundred or so of your closest friends on Twitter. Man, get with some like-minded Cowboys folks and some blogging the boys homies, and uh, have yourself a good time talking about the Cowboys. One other item, well, two other items actually from this practice that I wanted to ask you about. Israel Mukuamu was actually had to be taken off the field and was seen after practice there on the sidelines, didn't participate. Um, the sixth rounder a year ago, right, is I think kind of vying for a starting – well, not a, a starting job, but vying for a roster spot on this mm-hmm. team. And this injury kind of has me concerned, Tom, because if he can't go Friday, uh, I think his time in Dallas may be done. Uh, what do you think? I don't know that it means it's over because they've seen a lot from him up to this point, and they may be comfortable with sitting him out, letting him heal up, and having him as part of their plan because um, right now, uh, if you look at it, uh, you'd probably be looking, you've got Jaron Curse and Malik Hooker going to line up as your starters. Donovan Wilson is probably the next guy up. Uh, and then it's Kwamu and Marquise Bell, I think, are the ones they're looking at if they go with five safeties, mm-hmm. which I think is a good chance because that's also a good place you can have a, a practice, I mean, a special teams player uh, resource. Uh, he may still be okay even if he has to miss the game. Uh, it doesn't help his case, but I'm not sure it's fatal to it. Man, you think they would go with five safeties when they probably have six cornerbacks they're going with? Uh, I'm not sure. And that's not including C.J. Goodwin, who's like a, you know, a special team dynamo. Right? My six six cornerbacks, right? Brown, Uh Diggs, Lewis, Kelvin, Mm -hmm. Nashon. And Deron Bland, right? I don't think Nashon is secure. Okay. I think Nashon Wright is the guy that I think might not make it and is another one that they're probably going to try to get on the practice squad. All right. uh, he has not been as consistent enough. He still has some problems with not tracking the ball and with his length, not using his length correctly, and then that length creating problems for him on change of direction and adjusting. So, um, and and I will say I get that from other people that, that analyze this stuff, but I'm hearing when you hear it from multiple sources, you start paying attention. Um, I think he still could use another year of development for them to see what they've got there. So he's the guy that I am not terribly sure is going to make it. Uh, I, I'm looking at the uh, the five you mentioned plus Goodwin. Uh, and I think they're probably going to be comfortable going with five linebackers to kind of help make up that. Mm-hmm. Uh, because you've got Micah Parsons, who was – basically unstoppable on Tuesday during the practice. Somebody said he would have had four or five sacks if it had been, if it had been live action. It sounds he like just, him for every practice. Every yeah, joint practice was like that. Every Cowboys practice was like that. 
<laughs> it's crazy. He he is he is just he as I I commented, were you sure he's human? <laughs> you know, he's he just he is so fast, and he's he apparently now is incorporating a spin move into his repertoire. And if he's got that, there are going to be some uh, some offensive tackles that the Cowboys face that are going to have long days at the office. Speaking of, he's also uh, expanded his schedule a little bit. He's so talented and yeah. has so much time that Micah Parsons is apparently going to spend every Tuesday. Oh, I don't even want to say who he's going to be sitting across. It hurts, from. doesn't it? Dude. It's disgusting that Skip Bayless is going to get to sit next to Micah Parsons on a weekly basis. And and I, I can't imagine he's sitting next to him, right? There's no way Micah is doing this in person. But yeah. even still, the capabilities, like, good for him for doing it. And pretty cool that we're going to get to hear from such a high-profile cowboy so early on in his career. Quite honestly, it's very rare that the Cowboys' media brass allows – Cowboys players to like let themselves out that quickly. Um, they really yeah. have to be special from a talent standpoint to even be, I don't want to say allowed to do that, but in a sense, yeah, to be exposed to do that. Well, because it isn't you, you want to get into a weird little conspiracy theater theory. Remember how they did the hype, uh, the uh, uh, the schedule release video? Remember who they featured in that? Mm. You know, they did. They, I think they're kind of cozying up to these guys. I think they're trying to expand, you know, between, yeah. you know, they've well, got, of course, that was that was with Stephen A. And I mean, they're here this week, Skip. Tom. Stephen A's here yeah. this week. And, and that's, I think that's, that's another part of it. The Cowboys, for whatever reason, seem to be leaning into that whole media thing. And that seems to be taking a different approach and trying to get their players out there. But, since you mentioned Micah, I have a question. Is it time to start saying that maybe Dak Prescott is no longer the best player on the team? Has Micah Parsons, is he the now the best player the Cowboys have, regardless of position? He is. He is. Uh, I'm, and, fine and that, you have, I'm fine and saying you it. Also have, you have to also include Zach Martin in that. Because I'm fine he's saying it. been exemplary, but yeah. I'm fine saying I, it, Tom. I, I will I will say that we can't make a definitive call until we see how this season goes, but it I think it's something to consider. And that's you know, when, when you're looking at that that kind of company and you're looking at especially Zach Martin, who has I think more Pro Bowls than he does sacks allowed. Is that the number it was? It was something ridiculous. <laughs> you know, he is, uh, you know, Parsons is just going, I think, I think he's going to be a generational player. If he has a, a, you know, a seven, eight, nine year career, I think he is going to be remembered as one of the all-time Cowboys greats. Yeah. And they better not flinch when it comes time to do a second contract. Well. Him. Or they need we to do will it so be... sooner than later, right? The, yeah. the soonest they, they can if... make that deal, they need to put it on the plate after year three, roll in those final two years, and that's how you keep the yearly average somewhat down. And whatever mm -hmm. you pay them, market top, right? It'll still be a bargain yeah. two or three years later. Um, 
But one thing real quick, Tom, I wanted to jump to real quick because the clock's ticking down, okay? We're looking at each other. The Cowboys are trailing by three points, and they've got the ball at the 35-yard line and out Uh trots Brett Maher. How do you feel about the Cowboys tying this football game and sending it into overtime? Because that is the situation we're going to find ourselves in at some point this season. Based on Mars' performance so far, I don't feel horrible. You know, that's the best way I can put it. He's <laughs> his, uh, he apparently had a good performance. Uh, I think he missed a couple of longer kicks than that, but he's to be exact. He missed a he missed one from fifty plus, and he missed a forty five yarder uh, to the left in practice. He was yeah. nine for eleven. That fifty yarder that he missed doinked off one of the uprights. Uh, There was some confusion amongst the reporters about whether he went nine for 11 or 10 for 11, but like you said, and he he did have some makes in the 11 on 11. Mm -hmm. And like you said, at least one it's at this point now that I don't feel terrible about it, but I also know at some point it's going to rear its ugly head. And I just hope it doesn't happen in a situation where it matters. Right. We had games a season ago where Greg Zerline missed two kicks and then he made one that, won them the game, right? Or they put themselves in that position to begin with. So my fingers are just crossed, hoping that the Cowboys take care of business in other facets of the game that ultimately when these misses inevitably occur, both on extra points and in on field goals, we're not overly stressed about it because we knew it was coming. And I will say I'm not going to exactly clutch my pearls if I hear they're bringing in other kickers to take a look at it. Mm-hmm. Well said. Well said. Well, you actually sparked another discussion that I am going to bring up in the future, and that's are the Cowboys making a mistake by leaning so forward into this media game? And what does that say about them as an organization? Truthfully, it's kind of the same things we've discussed and the same things fans have complained about since Jerry Jones has owned this team. Do they care more about the publicity aspect of being the team that's cool and hip than they do about actually winning Super Bowls? And I think that's a conversation we will save for the next time, Tom, that we get riled up on the Cowboys. So you out there, stay riled up, and we will see you next Thursday. to do's less time and an infinite number of tools to keep track of sometimes doing business has never felt harder but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals you can just use hubspot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier imagine this high quality leads fast closing deals wildly happy customers and more benchmark breaking quarters it's not a miracle it's hubspot visit hubspot.com to get started today